It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. I'm Congresswoman Mary Miller, and I want to share an exciting announcement with you. I am honored to announce that I've been endorsed by President Donald Trump to run for re-election in the 15th District. President Trump inspired me to run in 2020 because our country needed principled conservatives in Congress who would always put America first. We need those principles now more than ever. I'm not a career politician or part of the DC swamp. I've never dreamed of running for political office, and this isn't my life's goal or ambition. I've spent my life in the real world, on my small family farm with my husband, Chris, where we were blessed to raise our seven children and soon to welcome our 18th grandchild. Under Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, we've seen an unprecedented attack on the American way of life. Joe Biden used the FBI to intimidate parents for showing up to school board meetings. He created an energy crisis just a few years after President Trump made us energy independent. Joe Biden's causing runaway inflation, and now he wants to allow DC bureaucrats to fire Americans for not taking a vaccine. And then just look at the disaster he's created on our southern border. What is happening to our country? And why are so many Republicans in Washington afraid to fight back? President Trump said it best, we need fighters. We need people who are tough. I'm the only Republican member of Congress from Illinois who's fighting every aspect of the Biden agenda and putting America first. I'm fighting for real election security so that voters decide elections, not the ballot counters. And I'm proud to be the only Republican from Illinois to vote against the Biden-Pelosi gun confiscation bill, which would have allowed firearms to be seized by the federal government. All right, that's just part of an election re-election campaign by Congresswoman Mary Miller. You know, the uh, 2022 elections are coming up so quickly. And there's much talk about the Republicans taking back the House. And I, I don't have uh, I don't have confidence in our elections right now. Uh, I, I, can, I don't think we can say for certainty that anything's going to happen. But if anything is going to save this country, it's Congress people like our next guest who are sold out to saving this country. While we have some feckless leaders that I criticize daily and I'm so disgusted with, we have people who are in that Congress working night and day to save the country. And I want you to know who some of them are. So uh, you have heard Congresswoman Mary Miller on my show before. And I asked her to join us this morning because she's getting ready to run again. And um, that's not the only reason. She's into some things that I want to share with you that are very important. And so uh, I want to, first of all, say good morning to Congresswoman Miller. Good morning. Well, thank you for having me, Sandy. It's great to be here. All right. Now, you've been in there. You've been there almost two years now. So how's it going? Well, I'm not discouraged. I believe God's left us here on Earth to look for opportunities 
to overcome evil with good. And he picked me up off my farm in Illinois and sent me to D.C. Um, I do want to encourage people that there are some great members here that are fighting. Um, I belong to the caucus called the Freedom Caucus. And I would say that they are definitely the constitutional fighters out here, not afraid to speak up. Um, also, we have great staff here. Uh, there's young people that, um, you know, are pro-life, pro-gun, pro-constitution. Uh, and um, I, my staff is, is, is terrific. Well, that's great to hear. And I know it's true. And so we at Freedom Caucus has been friends, uh, friends of mine, friends of this show for a long time. Congresswoman, Mark Meadows used to be, uh, anyway, Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan, I yeah. lots of connections with them. And you came in, uh, it was just exciting to me that you were going to come in as a woman uh, to join the Freedom Caucus, because mm-hmm. that told me a lot about who you are. I also have to say, I repeat that you are from my, this is where I grew up. Where you serve is where I grew up. This is my a bread and butter, your resume, you know, I intersect with so many things in your resume. And so uh, I'm thrilled that someone of your caliber is representing that area of the country. Mm-hmm. Southern Illinois is primarily Republican. As a matter of fact, I saw that you won the general election with over 70 percent of the vote in uh, in 20, um, 2020. So that's pretty amazing. But you are in a kind of an interesting situation now because the Democratic leadership in uh, Illinois has redistricted, you know, moved the boundaries and uh, it looks as though they're trying to get rid of some of you guys serving in the, the southern part of the state. So you are now going to be facing Congressman uh, Rodney Davis. Uh, and uh, I know that's kind of tough sometimes to run against a colleague. But when you try to kind of compare your your uh, record with his, what is the contrast? What is the difference from your perspective between the two of you? Well, there's a huge contrast, which is why President Trump endorsed me and not him. I'm definitely the America First candidate. 100 uh, percent pro-Second Amendment, pro-life, pro-family values. Also, I haven't spent my life in politics. My opponent, that's all he's ever done. I'm a farmer. Uh, my husband and I have a small family farm. I've been involved in education at various levels. And I'm excited because I think our founding fathers actually intended for regular people from diverse backgrounds to take a turn representing their people. And that's what I'm doing. This is a very conservative district, and I want the people to have the um, the option of a conservative representing them here. Yes, and I, I Rodney Davis is uh, notable for being, and he is very much uh, affiliated with the establishment Republicans. And actually, uh, even in the um, uh, the electoral college situation, he voted in the House to sustain. President Joe Biden's electoral college wins in Pennsylvania and Arizona. The, I'm, I don't think I don't have to explain that to the audience, but it was a momentous occasion. You voted to overturn those victories in those states. I'm not that that's poorly I worded. Did. Whoever wrote that, you voted to to. I did, I did not vote to certify, which he did, and also he also voted for the January 6th commission, which is a nothing but a witch hunt, continuing witch hunt against President Trump and his supporters. And not only that, uh, when Pelosi kicked Jim Jordan and Jim Banks off of that commission because they support President Trump, she left Rodney Davis on, which is very telling. Oh, that's interesting. See, I didn't know that. All right. So that's a pretty good contrast, I'd say. Uh, I I think people will get the message from that. And um, Mm -hmm. let me just uh, give them a bit of what you have done since you've been in Congress uh, in September. Mm -hmm. 
you were among 75 House Republicans that voted against the National Defense Authorization Act. There were a lot of bad things in that, probably mm-hmm. some good things. But one of the most controversial mm-hmm. for us in talking here was requiring women to be drafted. I don't know why that was. And so many Republican women were all about that, Mary. Uh, Mary, I was appalled, yeah. uh, including uh, 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 Senator, um, the senator from Tennessee. I'm just Blackburn. Yes, so I did have a problem with that, but there were several things wrong with it. Number one, it was just weeks after the Afghanistan withdrawal. There had not been hearings. Nobody had resigned. Nobody had been fired. So that was my number one problem. Then it had red flag laws in it and gun gun confiscation um, and then uh, a mandate for a military to be vaccinated. So it would be dishonorably discharged if they didn't get this experimental vaccine. I have to tell you, that is probably one of the most disturbing things that I have covered. I've been covering COVID almost every day. I would say probably my listeners would say, Mm -hmm. yeah, you do it every day. Uh, And the whole forcing it on the military has been abhorrent to me. And Mm -hmm. even almost as abhorrent is the lack of fight in the Congress. Nobody seems Mm -hmm. to care on the, that's their exceptions. Chip Roy cares, you care, a freedom caucus cares, but Otherwise, it's a big yawn, and it's a big yawn in the Senate, too, and that has to stop, Congresswoman, because people are suffering from these shutdowns, from these Mm -hmm. uh, lockdowns. It's horrible from the mandates, Mm -hmm. and so it's good to know that we currently Biden is discharging our soldiers and Marines for not getting this vaccine. Yes. China has to be laughing at us. They have to be gleeful. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? A a virus that comes Mm -hmm. from China, manufactured, it appears— Uh, by human hands, uh, paid for by tax dollars, it appears. And uh, now Mm -hmm. it's coming back. And and now even the death rate uh, has so expanded in this last couple of years for the most healthy Mm -hmm. of Americans. It's a tragedy. And I think that the story has yet to be fully told. Let's move to something else that you are, you've just announced. You are introducing two bills to fully reopen schools and put students first. Tell us about what you're doing. Yeah, what a novel idea. Kind of like America First was good for us. Students First is good when it comes to education. Students First and Parents First. So, yes, the Make Our Schools Great Again Act would prohibit federal funding from going to schools that are requiring mask and COVID vaccine mandates. And the second one is Liberating Learning for Schools Act. That prohibits federal funding from going to schools that don't reopen for in-person instruction full-time. You know, it's interesting because the, the headlines this morning, there are a lot of, so much is happening in Virginia, the resistance to the new governor and to, the, you know, the the um, executive order that uh, schools must not force children to wear masks or be vaccinated, mm-hmm. that it's personal choice. Right. And so these, stu- these schools are out and out rebelling. I just saw in my, yeah. uh, in my inbox, I think in, um, I think it's Fairfax County, uh, that uh, they are telling kids that are not, uh, mask that they are they're trespassing if they come to school that's what one of the principals has declared it's a battle it's very egregious but the silver lining is that they're exposing themselves and i just can't applaud enough the parents that are standing up they're going to school board they're wanting now they're demanding to see the curriculum and the books that are being used this should have happened a long time ago Yes, that's for sure. Uh, Because, uh, you know, because I'm from the state of Illinois, which has been very progressive in this for years, I just Mm -hmm. made the statement recently, I will will repeat, that I've been fighting and trying to expose what's been going on inside public schools. 
uh, the, the loss of mm -hmm. parental control, the uh, indoctrination of children. It's been happening for at least 20 years, 25, maybe even 30 years. This is really not new. It's just Definitely. that they're more bold. They're just more bold. Right. Illinois was on the cutting well, edge. I'm 100. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm 100% I'm for school choice and local control of public schools. Public schools should be allowed to reflect the values of the community where they are. And all these mandates and curriculums and textbooks that are being issued from afar that don't reflect the, the values of the people in the community they need to be exposed and gotten rid of. When you were raising your seven children, uh, did you? How did you handle that? Did you notice that stuff in the schools? What did you observe with them? Um, well, I did teach in the schools a little bit, um, and I ended up home educating my children to universities. And I had two that went to local community colleges, and so a lot of my friends. My sister's a career teacher. I applaud them. They're noble people. They're doing great things. But for us, um, it was best for our children. Um, we wanted our kids to have a Christian education. And so we used a Christian curriculum. And from it wasn't what was at this time. So my oldest is 39. Uh, at that time, it wasn't so much what was in public school as, as it was what was missing that made my husband and me decide to home educate our kids. But also, we have a farm. They ended up working on the farm. They do all these 4-H projects. They ended up being musicians, playing two instruments. It's Home education is very efficient. Yes, it is. It takes a lot less time, and you can actually have a, have a life <laughs> apart from the academic learning. We're, you know, we've learned that homeschooling has been powerful, and now you know, colleges and universities mm -hmm. are clamoring for homeschool kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, right. it would be great to – Mary, I bet you have a great family. It would be great to get to know them. Let me just tell you, just because this is interesting, I'll drop it in quickly. Uh, back in the 90s, the, uh, the, the uh, legislature in Illinois passed – I believe it was called the American Heritage Act – and, of course, mm -hmm. like all leftists, the name really was um, – the name didn't co didn't convey what they really did. They removed from textbooks every reference to God in historical documents. Mm -hmm. They did that in Illinois right. in the 90s. And so mm -hmm. that's how bad it was. But all right, so um, this – let me just say we are glad you're running again, Congressman, Congresswoman Mary Miller from the uh, 15th District of Illinois. This, a lot of people are listening from down there, and so uh, – uh, she's running against Rodney Davis in the primary, and the primary is coming up on what date? It's oh, June, June 28th. June 28th. So They, uh, they moved it, yes. So June 28th, and I can't stress to all of you how important primaries are. Conservative candidates can never win unless you go vote for them in the primary. Right. If you ignore the primary and wait for the general, mm -hmm. you might as well stay home because you need to right. go to the primary and support conservative candidates. So mm -hmm. with that, uh, we will say goodbye. Thank you so much for your service, your two years of hard work, Congresswoman Miller, and uh, we look forward to seeing what's going to happen on June the 28th. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Well, the way it works is if someone has a confirmed case of COVID and no place to safely isolate, they can call King County and they can be provided with a place to stay that has 24-hour security and medical staff on hand. Today, here at Auburn City Hall, the mayor told me it's something this community needs right now. 
in Auburn. I did the Welcome 2022 on the other one. Window painter Fauna Scholes starts the new year with the same persistent problem. It's just not going to go away really fast. COVID cases on the rise. I think we've all figured that out. In this city, they're working with King County leaders, supporting a new isolation and quarantine site that just opened. The old Auburn Clarion Inn was purchased by the county, and now there's 100 rooms here for people who have COVID but lack a safe place to quarantine. Auburn Mayor Nancy Backus was in full support. The real issue is trying to control the spread of COVID. And the Omicron variant is spreading fast. COVID cases in King County tripled from the highest peak seen previously in the pandemic. Obviously, the rates are going up, so we have to do something. Jen Reeves, owner of a little nitty yarn shop, is taking all the precautions she can. Sanitizing at the door, asking my customers to stay home if they're sick. And outside, Shoals understands why. I'm vaccinated, um, I'm boosted, and um, I actually got it in September. And I think it was the vaccine that helped me get through it. On this corner in Auburn, their hope for the new year? To bounce back from everything that's been handed to us over the last couple of years. I think we need to be continue to be diligent. Everybody wearing their masks and, you know, taking care of themselves. Now, when the isolation and quarantine site is no longer needed, the building will be converted back to what the county originally purchased it for, and that's emergency housing and permanent supportive housing for people who are experiencing homelessness. Live in Auburn, Natalie Swaby, King 5 News. King 5 News. All right, Sandy Rios with you. There's, uh, I'm not sure where to start. We could pick out a lot of different things to comment to. I, I just, it struck me, the resident saying she's been uh, vaccinated, she's been boosted, and she's confident, and then she got COVID, and she got from that that the vaccine really has helped her. I, I you know, well, do I need to explain why that's a little strange, but that's what people are saying. Things are crazy, and they're crazy serious, and they're dangerous, and you heard them just flippantly talk about how wonderful it is. They have an isolation and quarantine set up for people in Washington State, and we're going to talk about that with our next guest. Um, Heidi St. John is um, a resident of the 3rd District in Washington State. Washington State, you know, when we think about it, when I think about it, I think of Bernal Stutzman, for a, a long time has been persecuted with her florist shop. This goes a long way back. This seems so quaint that two gay men should have set her up to sue her and now uh, put her out of business permanently because she she was friends to them, but she wouldn't do flowers for their wedding. I'm just saying, this is unrelated, but it tells you where Washington State has been for a very long time. And then I think of Jay Inslee, uh, who is just out uh, crazy on the environment uh, and especially on COVID. So I'm wondering what it's like to live in Washington State. Heidi has um, raised her family in the 3rd District of Washington State. Several generations of her family have lived there. Uh, and um, she joins us this morning. I'm going to give her a better introduction in a second. But Heidi, first of all, describe, good morning, and describe how it is to live right now in Washington State. Is it as dreadful as I kind of laid out? You know, it's a sad time for freedom here. And I think if you talk to ordinary citizens like me who've lived here really our whole lives, there's no trust in the government. And that is a dangerous place to be. You hear people openly talking about moving. So many people that my husband and I know lifelong friends are fleeing the state of Washington because they no longer trust the government. We feel like we are being um, really pushed down. 
freedom is, you know, uh, Governor Inslee just came out last week and said that he is introducing legislation that would make it a criminal offense for uh, candidates or elected officials to speak out against the 2020 election or what he calls vaccine misinformation. Uh, That violates the First Amendment. And so we've got all kinds of issues here. Washington State out of Olympia, there are several anti-gun laws on uh, being introduced right now in Olympia that would strip us of our ability to defend ourselves. The police have already been in, in large force uh, defunded and told that they can't uh, they can't pers- prosecute like we used to do. And so it doesn't feel safe here anymore. It's a sad time in Washington state. But you know what? I will not be driven from my home. And so we're going to fight. There are a lot of really good people here that love freedom. And uh, and, and we're going to do everything we can to push back against this. It's tyranny. And uh, it's a sad time. Let me explain, Heidi, your background and, and how it is you're going to fight. You've been fighting, and you're going to fight in a new way. Uh, Heidi is the founder of MomStrongInternational.com. She is a, she teaches Bible study. That's one of the many things you're going to hear that she does. Uh, she leads women through a continuing online Bible study and a relationship, relationship building, as, of course, it happens in Scripture. She is a speaker and author. She's written seven different books. Uh, like Bible Promises for Moms and the MomStrong Collection and many other things. And she and her husband are the founders of Firmly Planted Family, and that is a a huge—it's the largest, actually, homeschool resource center in the country. So um, let's say a word about that. Uh, You heard my perfunctory introduction. Which of those things can you give us a little bit more flesh on to, to help us understand what you're doing? Yeah, so my husband and I have raised uh, seven children. We now have, we're going to have our fourth grandchild this spring. And we have been watching as the country has really taken aim at the family now for decades. And so what we've been doing here in Washington State and around the country, about 20 years ago, we started planting homeschool cooperatives. We planted about 60 of them uh, all across the United States and Canada. We even planted a couple of them in Germany uh, on the military base there. And then we kind of turned our attention to looking at what it would what it, would it be like if we started a full-time homeschool resource center because in back in 2016 we saw Barack Obama issue one of the very first bathroom mandates, right? This is the first time I'd really heard that word put into practice against the American people. And I just looked at my husband one night. I was actually speaking in uh, in Tennessee at the time. And I said, we're going to have to do more than what we've been doing. And so uh, we opened up a homeschool resource center, started with 200 kids. Last year, we had 400. Right now, we have 1,600 students there. Wow. We're getting ready to, to relocate and put these centers all across the United States. Monstrong International is really an extension of my speaking ministry. I speak uh, when I'm not running for Congress, I speak typically three weekends a month around the country, and it used to be around the world, although that has curtailed quite a bit because of uh, COVID. But we really have a passion to help families. It's the family that's under attack right now. Uh, The traditional family, the family as God designed it, marriage. Parents have really been sidelined in their children's education. We see this over and over and over again. And so what we're trying to do is help get parents back in the driver's seat of their education and the Homeschool Resource Center here in Clark County is literally changing the face of education here. It's, a, it's an amazing, amazing thing to see. You know, Heidi, I'm surprised. Uh, surely there must have been some attempts to shut down homeschooling in Washington State. And I'm surprised they haven't been sex- successful. If Jay Inslee's been elected, reelected, you know, uh, and if 
what's happening in Seattle happens in Seattle and they're trying to disarm you, why wouldn't they have uh, made homeschooling illegal? Well, I think homeschooling is a very, very strong force in education now. It's probably worth noting that I sit on the board of the Homeschool Legal Legal Defense Association with my friend Mike Ferris. Uh, Homeschooling, it's going to be very, very hard for them to attack homeschooling right now. A, it's incredibly popular, but we're watching something happen here in Washington, which really should send uh, shockwaves down the the backs of every single homeschooling family right now. Just last week, they introduced legislation. And remember, these are just this is an introduction of what they would like to do. And it's the first time that I have seen the word homeschooling in proposed legislation here in Washington for a very long time. And what they want to do is take the compulsory age of education, which right now is eight in the state of Washington. Uh, you don't have to register with the state or put your children in school until your kids are eight. Uh, the governor wants to move that from eight to five. The state wants full control. And they've actually included homeschooling in the language of that proposed legislation. And so we're going to be fighting back hard on that. Uh, I actually haven't had a chance to to talk with HSLDA about that, but I guarantee you that the defense of homeschooling in this country is strong and they're going to have a really hard time doing it. Considering that homeschooling is up, what, some 60-some, 67% last I read, you know, and in years past, we would see 3% growth, you know, and that was a good year. I know. Yeah. Well, there, you know how you know how God brings uh, good from evil. We all we both know that, and that's been one of the amazing things I think about all the things that are happening in public school that are so bad. It's really driving parents to oversee the education of their kids for the first time in decades, and maybe maybe yes. I don't know, maybe um, maybe hundred years. But um, yeah, Heidi, the other thing that I want to say then in this introductory part of our conversation is that you have really fully thrown your hat in the ring to run for Congress in the 2nd District, and that's the other way that you're going to fight, and we will talk about that more, too. Well, except tell me, before I ask you a different question, where could they find information about this race if they'd like to get involved? Yeah, it's HeidiStJohnForCongress.com, and this is the 3rd Congressional District, so it's all of Southwest Washington. It's a pretty large swath of land, and uh, I'm running to represent the good people here. There are a lot of wonderful people uh, in Washington State, and actually Oregon, California. You hear a lot of people talk about the West, you know, the West Coast or the Left Coast, and you hear people say, "I wish it would just drop off into the ocean." <laughs> and uh, I, I just want people to know that there are good people here, and God loves the people in Washington and Oregon and California. This area is beautiful. It's worth fighting for. And uh, I'm going to leave it all on the field for freedom. Yeah, I love that. I do. I, well, of course, we know there are great people there. Uh, we, um, we have a lot of listeners out there, actually, Heidi. And also, uh, you know, just per- I think of one person who's because she's got she's well known. Baron L. Stutzman is salt of the earth, mm-hmm. fabulous, fearless, amazing, and she's from your part of the country. But um, let's talk yeah. about. Um, we started the, this segment with this uh, report out of Washington about these. Uh, COVID uh, internment camps. So specifically, right now in Washington state, how bad is COVID? I don't know if you can quantify it with numbers, but how bad is the outbreak? You know, everybody, I know so many people with COVID right now, it's ridiculous. But guess what? 99.9% of the people that get it survive. And so, you know, we're, we're facing Omicron right now. And you're watching people outside with masks on. They have been scared to death by these, uh, you know, by the narrative that's out in the mainstream media right now. And it's, it's, uh, but you know, 
I was just talking to my husband about this the other night. We're, we're acting, we're afraid of the air that we breathe. When God said, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, we know now that the NIH and the CDC have been giving us very slanted and politically motivated, I think, information. And so what you see coming out of Washington State, really, it's kind of a shot across the bow, because what they're doing is they're using this virus with a 99.9% survival rate to, to uh, implement all kinds of bizarre things here in Washington State. And we know now that that it can be done, right? Because we've watched them close the whole country down. I, I know businesses right here where I live in Battleground, Washington, that had to close their doors because of the lockdowns, and they will never recover from this. And I would like to see us start talking about the very real uh, toll that this is taking on our young people. Suicide rate in, in Washington State has skyrocketed. I talked to a firefighter in Seattle not too long ago who said they answer more calls for suicide now than fire. And we're not talking about that. And so we decided, you know, my husband and I, we're going to keep our doors open. We're going to keep ministering to the people that live here. But it's, a, it's like I said at the onset of the show, this is a sad time in Washington state. And frankly, you can take it all back to the leadership of the state of Washington, which is reflecting the Biden administration and the, and the tyrannical dictates that are coming down from the Democrats who are in power right now. And we are, I mean, you can't see it any place better than Washington state. So how, how locked down are you still? I mean, what are, what are the restrictions now? Do you have to wear a mask everywhere? Can you go out? Can you eat out? Do you have to have, do you have to have proof of vaccine? Where, where are you with that? So it depends on which jurisdiction you're in. In Seattle, they want proof of vaccination if you go out uh, to eat. And uh, Inslee would like to see that all over the state. But you know what I am seeing that's exciting? I'm starting to see people pushing back. Uh, you're supposed to be wearing you know, masks inside. More and more, I see people are not doing it. They're not complying because they're realizing they're getting mixed messages from, from the government. And so as long as that continues, I was just listening to, uh, to uh, OAN this morning, and they were talking about the mixed messages coming from the CDC and the NIH. And what Biden is doing isn't helping, right? They're not controlling the virus. It's a virus. And like all viruses, it's going to work its way. COVID is here to stay, and we need to learn to live with it. And so uh, I'm starting to see more and more people telling the truth about what's happening. We're seeing people, I mean, you can't see an, any better example of that than what just happened with the Washington Board of Health, which I'm sure on a normal meeting, they're going to get, you know, they're lucky to get 10 people interested in what they're doing. But 7,500 yep. people signed up to comment. And that is the level of interest in what the government is doing about COVID right now. And so that's exciting to me because I think this is going to be over, Sandy. And when it's over, and it will be over. The people that stood for freedom and the people that were bold enough and brave enough to tell the truth and stand up against this tyrannical, hostile takeover of the freest nation on the face of the earth, those are going to be the people and those will be the voices, I think, going forward that yep. uh, that will be listened to in the days to come. I could see that happening. I can. I can actually still see it going either way. We know we're in a fight. We're in a fight. And it's not, you know, a, with flesh and blood. It's spiritual, but it's also flesh and blood. And right now, I think it could go either way. But I'm encouraged that we could even have a chance, humanly speaking, it seems to me. Heidi St. John is my guest, and she is a candidate for Congress in the 3rd District in Washington State. And Heidi, when we come back, let's go back to the quarantine camps, because that's new information for people. So tell us about them, and then we want to talk about that meeting on January the 12th. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. One viewer emailed us claiming state lawmakers are considering adding COVID to an existing quarantine law. They asked in part, does this proposal allow health officials to use law enforcement to force an emergency order to involuntarily detain a person or group in a facility if the person or group refuses to comply with requests for medical treatment, testing, counseling, or vaccination? Our sources are Washington State Board of Health Chair Keith Grellner and House Bill 1551, which deals with quarantining. According to Grellner, this claim is far from the truth. Just to be really clear, uh, our board meeting on Wednesday is is there are no conversations about isolation and quarantine camps. There are no rules existing or in the making to create isolation and quarantine camps. The Board of Health is looking at making changes to a current part of the Washington Administrative Code to make it more in line with changes brought forth by House Bill 1551 in 2020. That bill removed outdated language from the 1980s that targeted people with HIV AIDS. According to Grellner, the state isn't trying to forcibly quarantine those with COVID-19 or who are unvaccinated. There are no rules and there are there is no process in place to create a rule to involuntarily quarantine or isolate COVID-19 positive people, irregardless of vaccination status. There are, there are no laws and no plans to do that. He also said the State Board of Health has received more than 25,000 emails about these claims. Some of those messages have crossed the line. Board of Health members and our Board of Health staff were, were actually being threatened. And it's just, it's not okay. It's not what you do in a first world country. So we can verify that no, the state isn't trying to forcibly quarantine those who have COVID or are unvaccinated. All right, so there you go. That's a report from KREM. Uh, there is nothing to this, nothing to see. Move on. They've gotten lots of emails, and they're being threatened, and they are the victims. Heidi St. John is our guest. She is a candidate for Congress in District 3 in Washington State. Uh, you heard me inter- introduce her uh, thoroughly a few minutes ago, but let me just say she's deeply involved in the homeschool movement. Uh, she runs MomStrong International. She's a speaker and an author. And um, Heidi, I just want to know, did, are you the one that wrote that email to them, you know, accusing them of uh, <laughs> causing all this trouble? I'm kidding. What What's the truth here? <laughs> what is the truth here? Well, the are they going to... Here's the truth. Nobody trusts them. That's the truth. I mean, why Why would they... I just want to talk to uh, Keith Grellner and say, why do you think you got 25,000 emails? You got 25,000 emails because people like me have seen these quarantine facilities with our own two eyes. And we don't trust you anymore. And when you put up job applications, which they did online, and this is this is kind of how it started, right? So months and months ago, uh, the Washington Board of Health, the Washington State, put out a job application for what they called a quarantine, a COVID quarantine strike force. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't like the sound of that, a quarantine strike force. And so we started looking into it. My husband and I driving down from a meeting that we had in in Seattle. And I noticed a quarantine facility, and it literally said a COVID-19, you know, a COVID quarantine detainment facility, and it was being built. It was on, uh, I want to say it was on an Indian reservation. And so we've seen, we've actually seen these with our own two eyes, right? So these places do exist. Now, whether or not they are going to forcibly detain people against their will remains to be seen, but the language is already there. The language is already in, in the law. And so what happened is people started saying, what do you mean, COVID, you know, a quarantine COVID strike force? Why do you need a strike force? 
uh, one of the one of the uh, things that I saw written about it was if you applied for this job, you had to be willing to vaccinate people against their will. Would you be willing to do this? Would you be willing to do that? And the the uh, and I would imagine some of it is rumor, but it is based in the fact that these facilities do exist in Washington State. And the other fact is people here do not trust the government because the government has proven it is not trustworthy. These are people that want to uh, strip you of your Second Amendment right to defend yourself. These are people who want to strip you of your right to free speech. Do we really believe that they wouldn't quarantine you in the name of, quote, safety? No, they <laughs> would do that. And so that's really what this is about. And so the talks that came down, the, the State Board of Health, basically got inundated when they started talking about forcibly vaccinating children. That was what really got the ire up of the citizens of Washington state and myself included put out lots of videos saying, wake up Washington state. These people are tyrants and you have to be uh, engaged. And that's exactly what happened. They had 7,500 people sign up to comment on their zoom call. And of course, you know, they only had time for a few people and they're saying, no, 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 we didn't mean it. No, no, no. We're not doing that. Uh, except for, I think they would do it, but the news is on to them now. Right. And so people are watching the, they, are they doing it right now? Are they forcibly detaining people against their will? No, I don't believe they are. Are the stepping stones in place? You bet. And that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. You know, the language uh, that I'm reading and I don't know where this language is from then. Because it, it sounds so explicit, WAC 2461004040, a proposed revision to include COVID yep. protocol under the state's Communicable and Certain Other Diseases Act, outlines, quote, procedures for isolation and quarantine, uh, uh, would allow local health officers at his or her sole discretion to issue an emergency detention order causing a person or group of persons to be immediately detained for purposes of isolation or quarantine and it goes on it has so many so much draconian language so where's that from if this is made up right and if the if the state has the best interest of the people at heart you know what they could totally do sandy which would alleviate all of this they could write a law they could draft legislation that would guarantee that this would never happen to the citizens of washington state but they won't do it and so we're not seeing them they're just saying oh no we you you misunderstood us but like you just read the language is very explicit in these uh, in the Washington Administrative Code. So the language is already there, and now what they you know, what they want to do is add COVID nineteen to it. And so okay. the citizens of Washington are saying, "No, we're not going. We don't want that. We're not going to do that." Now the Board of Health and Governor Inslee they're saying, "Hey, these people are just conspiracy theorists." How, how many times have people who have been warning about COVID for the last two years been accused of being a conspiracy theorist? Well, well I think we've learned a lesson, and that is the government can't be trusted. Yeah, so, well, we, the next step is domestic terrorists because you're questioning their policies, too. You That's know right. that. And so you had this meeting on uh, January the 12th. You had set, all right, so this is a Zoom meeting. And so 7,500 people signed up. So not a lot of people got to speak. But one I'm reading was Scott Miller, who was a, is a Washington-based physician's assistant who runs a private pediatric clinic, lost his medical license in October because he provided over 2,000 critically ill COVID patients with ivermectin, vitamins, and other effective treatments. And uh, so did I'm sure it's, it was a night, eight-hour meeting. Did you hear him or did you hear other notable moments that you can tell us about? 
You know, I didn't hear uh, Scott Miller, but I have heard him before. He's a friend of mine. He actually lives in the 3rd Congressional District. And you're right, his medical license has been stripped from him. Uh, The concerns around preventatives and therapeutics for COVID-19, and I think that was the point he was raising, is why are the hospitals not promoting therapeutics? We have therapeutics now that are proven to work. And both of my parents, uh, in, in December of this last year, my mom and dad were both vaccinated in the fall of 2021. And they both contracted COVID in December of 2021. My mother, we actually took her out of the hospital because I do not trust the protocols that the hospital Mm -hmm. is using. So we we got my mother out of the hospital. Unfortunately, we were not able to do the same with my dad. He had several underlying uh, medical conditions that were quite severe, and he passed away from COVID in December of 2021. And this is what Scott Miller was referring to. He was saying, you know, we have the right or we should have the right in Washington and around the country to try whatever means are necessary to save the lives of our loved ones. And they squash dissent. They don't want to talk about um, ivermectin. They don't want to talk about hydroxychloroquine. They don't want to talk about vitamins and, uh, and zinc and Q-certain, all of the things that would actually bolster your body. Instead, what are we doing? We're watching Krispy Kreme give you free donuts for a year if you'll get a vaccine. And so the health community is on its head right now. Health doesn't come from a mask and a needle, but you wouldn't know that by listening to the Board of Health or any of the people from the NIH or the CDC. And so I think that is Scott's major beef. He's saying that there are therapeutics that actually work. And we saw this with my mom, who after she was double vaccinated, got COVID, and we treated her with all of those things, put her on massive doses of vitamin C and vitamin D. At one point, we had to put her on oxygen, which we were able to do from home. But my mom survived. And it's important for people to be able to have these discussions. And when you see a squashing of debate, and we're not allowed to even dissent from the mainstream narrative that's coming from the CDC, something is terribly wrong. And I think that's what you're seeing. That's what you saw at the Washington State Board of Health meeting. It's the pushback now coming from people who are saying, we don't trust you anymore. We don't believe your narrative anymore. And I hope that people in leadership begin to listen. I do too, Heidi. And uh, well, what what you should, you probably be interested to know, we talk about this every day. My audience hears me go on and on and on about the things that you just said. And I, the people that are dying, I mean, it's infuriating because they're not getting help and hospitals are causing people to die. It's It's a horrific situation. So that brings us back to you. You are running for Congress in the third district because you've had it in your own state. You want to make a change. You want to make things different. Well, we know how you feel about COVID. But how about the other issues? I mean, as you you, you mentioned gun, uh, that they're trying to control your right to, I'm not sure exactly which part of the gun laws they're trying to affect in Washington. Maybe you can tell us. But of course, you'll be in Congress doing national laws. But what are the other hot button issues for you, Heidi, as you think about sitting in Washington in that seat? Because you might win, you know. I hope I do win. Uh, you know, my my primary goal in Washington, D.C. is going to be to limit the role of the federal government uh, on the American people. I have had enough. The, the federal government is wildly outside of its jurisdiction. We have forgotten why government exists. Government does not exist to protect us from a virus with a 99.9% survival rate. The government does not exist to make sure that we have health care. The government exists to safeguard our freedom and our liberty. The government exists to make sure that the military is funded and that our borders are secure and that we can have interstate commerce uh, across this great nation. And they're failing at every single uh, junction right now. 
they're failing at it. We watched with the infrastructure bill. Where is our money going? It's going to study the effects of climate change on pregnant women. It's certainly not going to make sure that our ports are open and that the trucks can move freely uh, in between the states. Our, Our southern border is a disaster. It's an absolute disaster right now. And our military, oh, my goodness. I mean, look at, you know, General Milley. We've got a woke military. What in the world? We're a joke around the world right now. And as you know, when the United States is seen as weak, it emboldens our enemies. Watch what's happening now in China. China is flying planes off the coast of Taiwan. We've got Russia getting ready to invade Ukraine. Why is this happening? Because the United States is in a position of weakness. And we're not doing what we need to do at home. We're certainly not doing what we need to do abroad. And I would like to see the federal government return to the uh, the way that our founding fathers set it up to be. Most of these issues that you see coming before us right now, uh, including Biden's ridiculous uh, mandates that keep getting struck down by the courts, uh, this is outside of his jurisdiction. And so I would like to see the federal government shrink. I think that big government is a disaster for freedom. And we're certainly seeing that every single day of the week now coming out of the Biden administration. I also have a a huge passion, obviously, for education. And I believe in choice. I think parents should have a choice when it comes to education as to where they want to send their children. When you find out that your school is woke and they're teaching your kid that gender is just something that they make up in their head. And if they identify as a narwhal, they can do that tomorrow. When you find out that your schools are pushing critical race theory and conference of sex education and teaching your children to hate the country, which is exactly what the public schools are doing, you should be able to go to that public school and say, wow, I just learned that you're playing Russian roulette with my child's heart and soul and mind, and I'm going to pull my child out of school, and the money should follow the child. I'm going to interrupt you because we have two minutes left, and so I have an important question. Uh, Jamie Herrera-Butler yeah. is the Democratic incumbent, has been in place for three, what, three uh, three cycles in Congress. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. but you have another opponent that I've interviewed. Uh, he's got a great story. His name is Joe Kent. He's a military man. He lost his wife in combat, and he left the military to raise his own children. I I like his story, and I've talked to Joe more than once. But you guys are running against each other. Can you distinguish for us quickly, oh my goodness, in 30 seconds, the main differences between you and Joe Kent. The main difference is I'm a lifelong conservative and Joe was a Democrat as recently as November of 2020. He voted for Bernie Sanders in November of 2020. He just moved into the district. It looks to me like he moved here to run for Congress. We've got too much at stake right now to not know that the people who are running to represent us are lifelong proven conservatives. And that is my main concern. I am from Southwest Washington. My roots go deep here. And I am an oak tree in the conservative movement, not a seedling. <laughs> you should be a writer, Heidi St. John. Heidi St. John for Congress.com <laughs> if you want to find more about Heidi. Remember that their firmly planted family is that homeschool resource for you. And Mom Strong International is her speaking logo. All of those things important to know about Heidi St. John. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.